0: This is the one with sexy silver-haired spaceman.
1: an underworld dentist,
0: the dead on holiday,
1: a category 9 subject,
0: and an episode of Mr. Ben.
1: It's called Destiny of the Daleks. Here we go! Here we go! go. <laughs> We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space, counting Daleks, Dalen, Boot and the Cybertronic race. Tantarans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales, and the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Way and reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? And subscribe and read all night please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal. Come join us on this Odyssey. What other choice could there be? Who back when? Who back when? What whole podcast land? Future Leon here with another brief introductory apology. Given the COVID-19 situation, we're still recording on Skype, and unfortunately we had some bandwidth issues again this week. But fret not, and please bear with us, it's only intermittent, and I think you'll find that pouring the sweet honey of our voices into your earballs is still tots malotes worth it. <laughs> I'm obviously biased. As of the next Classic Who review, Jim will in fact be recording from a whole other country. Open brackets, exclamation point, closing brackets, and bandwidth problems will be a thing of the past. Okie dokie, enough rambling. On with the show! Bing bong.
0: Well, hello there, beautiful, wonderful, marvelous people out there in podcast, and welcome to another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast,
1: or Doc Past. Oh
0: my goodness, what was what was that beautiful noise I just heard? That must have come from an amazingly cool and righteous <laughs> dude.
1: Hark! Is that an angel choir? Nay, it is I, Leon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, hello there, Leon.
1: <laughs> hello, hello. And you uh, are and
0: this, this other distinctly, here. distinctly minty Jim. <laughs> hello, Jim. Right. Uh, introduction out of the way. What are we talking to you about? We are talking to you about Destiny of the Daleks. C-104.
1: Dang right we are. (laughs) It's the first randomized TARDIS trip.
0: Which doesn't feel that random, it has to be said. Somewhere they've been before. That's true. (laughs) In all of space and time, back on Skyro.
1: (laughs) That's true. There are a few things in this serial that that do feel very random, though. And maybe we can talk about those this evening.
0: Maybe we will.
1: But did you like this high level?
0: Mm, Undecided. I think I liked... rather i wanted to like it oh okay but i'm not quite sure if i did how about yourself
1: i liked it but something was missing yeah. Right? Okay. I think you were going to suggest a, a move a moment ago. What were you going to suggest?
0: <laughs> I was going to suggest, before going too much into, uh, you know, the ins and outs of everything, why don't we give everyone in podcast land a some little kind of bite-sized chunk of who? Oh,
1: you should think of a cool acronym for that. Maybe a B-scout. Yeah. <laughs> Time for us to synopsise! Lurbify and summarise! So take a view, and grab a brief, And listen to this overview, this free-for-all, We like to call, a, a size size chunk of who! bi
0: chunk of who? K9's got laryngitis, Romana is regenerating and trying out bodies like dresses, And the TARDIS still doesn't have any manual navigation. So where does that lead the dock? Answer: Landing on a strangely familiar planet, With a strangely familiar companion, But no mechanical pooch for company.
1: It soon becomes clear that they're on the mostly ashen but occasionally verdant remains of Skaro. And the Daleks have come there too, employing the usual humanoid slave labour force to burrow into the planet on the lookout for something, or someone in particular. Who'll get there first though? And who are those pink pistol-wielding spacemen who have turned up as well? And why are they so gosh darn good looking? b over. b over.
0: You are welcome. <laughs>
1: aren't you just? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, aren't they so gosh darn good-looking?
1: <laughs> oh, holy moly. I mean, I found them distractingly attractive. Seriously, where do I sign up? I just want to participate in a, just a wall-to-wall orgy with all of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is by far, like... The strongest plus point for this serial, though, is such a diversity of cast.
1: Oh, certainly, yes, very true.
0: Uh, and most of it found in the, as I refer to them, the sexy silverhead space people, or SSHS.
1: <laughs> SSHS. Yeah, or Mavellans, as they are. Mavellans, Mavelans, one of the two.
0: Who knows? <laughs> who can Who can listen to a word they say when they're so gosh darn sexy?
1: <laughs> yeah, not to objectify them or anything, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and yeah, as you okay. pointed out before we press record, we encountered them, albeit very briefly, in New Who as well, in a Capaldi episode.
0: Yes, I did not register this in the slightest. I haven't rewatched to see how prominent this scene is, but I'm guessing it's a bit of a kind of background of Daleks shooting people. Mm. And they happen to be one group of the people that are being shot.
1: Yeah, in the episode The Pilot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just it's not re- that long for the New Who channel to catch up. I was going to say, <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it's, it's not far off at all, actually. So yeah. I will definitely keep a lookout for that. We should say something else as well before we jump into this review proper, and that is thank you very much to friend of the show, Peter Zed, who provided us with a, a particular cut of this serial, a widescreen, way more cinematic cut of this serial. Which I watched in its entirety. I, I know that you watched it in its entirety, but which we only, only shortly before pressing record, realized actually it's also missing some of the content from the regular TV show, namely the intro. Like it, it for example, it isn't. In, it doesn't include the Romana regeneration. So bear that in mind, Podcast Land. Like our review is. If, okay, wait, this can be our caveat. This is our golden (laughs) ticket, Jim. If we leave anything out, all those people who send us emails or comments or whatever, put stuff on iTunes, Going, oh, those guys, they always miss out those very intricate details. Well, we reviewed something else, buddy. So...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have tried our best to realize we reviewed something else. So we have both watched said intro bit that makes so many things better, because I was just... (laughs) ranting in my notes for ages like what the hell romana disappears from nowhere as a different person no you have regeneration explain it you idiots you never even <laughs> talk did. about it
1: <laughs> uh, on, on a couple of occasions i've gone like where the shit is canine <laughs> But Tom Baker mentions, I, like, a canine could do it if he was in one piece. It's like, what? <laughs> no idea. But, yeah, so that scene is missing. But I have to say, I loved the way that this cinematic cut was done. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, no, it's a nice way to watch a serial without interruptions. Although, interestingly, I tried I tried to watch the end and start of each episode to see where the cliffhanger would have been. Because, ah, okay. you, know, you know, I have a thing about cliffhangers.
1: I know you do. <laughs> you pervert. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And it was interesting to see how easily they are glossed over when you edit it into one long thing. Like, oh, really? To the point, point where I was struggling to find the end of an episode and realise where it would have naturally been, because it's just irrelevant. It's absolutely irrelevant when you put Really? The back. Yeah.
1: Because in watching it, I figured, oh, so maybe we should clarify that, clarify that to podcast land. So in this cinematic cuts, and, and I mean, have a look around on the internet. You know how the internet works. You may be able to track down a copy of this as well. But they've basically taken away the end credits and the opening credits and the previously on Doctor Who segments of all episodes and then turned it into one massive feature but they, they've also replaced the opening and, and end credits overall but in watching this i've felt on a few occasions like yeah that's definitely a cliffhanger
0: you could you could kind of sense the makeup of it because someone's in danger yeah in a way that is a bit of a setup yeah but the actual cut up i think it was the first one actually surely that um,
1: is uh, romana falling down the chute
0: uh, no, the first one <gasps> is Davros. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, see, okay, well, I because, take it back then. Because
0: in the comic we saw, it just blends completely. In fact, I think they've edited out the use to end the episode on, because it's a bit more of a grand thing of Davros waking up, and you just see, like, his his hand move and the light come on on his on his head.
1: And ah, then, oh, that is missing from that cut, then. Maybe I'll give the TV cut a watch at some point in the near future as well.
0: That depends on, on how well this sits in your brain afterwards, I suppose. Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but I want to put a pin in Davros. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, me too. <laughs> because I, I have questions about that as well, which you may be able to answer now, given that you've seen that intro and ending. But we can get back to that later on. I don't mind. Where do you want to start? What do you want to talk about? What is it What is it about this serial that just screams, talk about me?
0: Well, I think there are, there are three major things to talk about. Okay. Two of them are probably quite big topics and are in, covered across the whole serial. One of them is kind of a short thing to get out of the way, perhaps, but... we've we've obviously got davros we've got daleks and we've got a new romana
1: yes why don't we start with a new romana actually
0: yeah should we start with a new romana we had a bit of pre-recording remembrance of the possibly ill-forgotten tv show mr ben (laughs) 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 which if you've not heard of it look it up watch some episodes if you can get hold of them brilliant and that one scene in the matrix will
1: make more sense to you (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, guy goes into costume shop, picks out spaceman costume. Suddenly, he has a adventure as a spaceman. But the uh, the Romana changing, regenerating, whatever scene made me think of that. Um, <laughs> and it's a weird scene,
1: isn't it? It's a very comedic scene. I had seen that scene before, but n- not, I don't think I'd seen this serial before. But I'd seen that particular regeneration, quote unquote, scene before, just on YouTube. And I think that's maybe the first hint at this has Douglas Adams all over it because it's uh, very it's very comedic it's it's a little slapsticky but it is also clever it's it's self-referential and it doesn't really fit in which kind of maybe says a new writer you know new writer on the show I mean cuz up
0: up to now we've obviously have we only seen no we haven't only seen the doctor regenerate we've seen other timelines regenerate
1: we've seen the master regenerate
0: yeah and we've seen
1: well ish we've seen the master absorb regeneration energy
0: Okay. We saw the mentory guy who was in.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that guy. Yes, in Planet in the, of Spiders. In the spider one. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it's always treated as, yeah, you've, you've died. Your body has had to force itself into regeneration yeah. to not die. So the, the flippancy of Romana just trying on like other, other bodies, like dresses, I don't know. It was really weird. And, and they don't explain how that situation has happened, but every other context would say Romana had to have been in a basically about-to-die situation.
1: Yeah, we don't find out why. It's almost as though she just hints at, no, I really liked that body that we just saw a moment ago, and I fancied a change. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's there's absolutely no explanation for it. And given that we also at this point in Class 2, we are already aware of the limitations to regeneration. It's not something that you just throw away because you get tired of your clothes. (laughs) You figure it out. you know you wait This is your life I agree Flippant is definitely the word But I think the whole That whole intro sequence Feels very much like I mean even including K9 It feels very much like A BBC inside gag Just uh go Well I mean How are we gonna explain this We've got a script without K9 How are we gonna explain that oh, You know what Let's just have the doctor Hold K9's brain And the guy who plays <laughs> K9 normally He's on holiday uh, What's his name John, John Leeson He's on holiday So so uh, let's just get someone else to do a cough. It'll be fine. And, uh, oh wait, we've recast Romana. Fuck it. Fashion show. This serial really begins properly the way that the cinematic cut begins properly, with the TARDIS materializing on Scarrow. And everything preceding that is just like a fun apology.
0: Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely how it comes across. It just feels a bit of a letdown, especially the Romana thing. I don't mind if yeah. they write out canine for an episode. They've done that plenty of times before. Yeah. We always point it out, and it's always a bit weak. But it's like, okay, at least they've established a pattern. True. But switching, switching out, <laughs>
1: the, <laughs> the <companion>, Romana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: i don't know i feel like they could have handled that a lot better i mean it would have been lovely if they could have just got Mary tam in to film a scene but kind of understand that probably wasn't possible but
1: yeah i mean ideally more than a scene romana is someone who's been with the doctor for a while now we've gotten to know her over a season we really enjoyed her both of us and it'd be nice to have her get a proper send-off or yeah. you know what? Just send her off and get a new person in. Like <laughs> a new companion entirely. Not just same character, different actress.
0: <laughs> I do I don't know. I sort of really like that this is a Time Lord companion and she got to regenerate. I think that is. Oh, me too,
1: but since we don't get that scene, yeah, exactly. that's what I mean. But yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you.
0: Yeah. No, you're quite right.
1: But I like Lola Ward. Given give
0: the situation they're in, yeah. I, I'm still warming to her, I think. I think this, this serial probably wasn't the best start no, that's for, true. for her, Romana. Um, but I, d- I did kind of like her in the last one as well when she was playing Princess Astra. She was, has her ups and downs, but yeah. she's already kind of like put in, into a, a character. Like, it's not like we're having to work out who she is. There's still obviously an element of the Romana we had before there. She is a Time Lord. She has knowledge of things. She can hoodwink. Yeah. Um people and thinking she's dead you know she's got a lot a lot about her already that's kind of she comes and comes she knows the doctor away. yeah exactly like yeah, those those point.
1: two characters they already they can just continue the rapport that they had built up before we don't need to spend a serial or two with those two getting to know each other on screen which is nice like it saves us time <laughs> and, I, I, and it yeah. allows us to focus on the plot instead
0: yeah Except we haven't we haven't pointed out this is the first of the new season
1: yes it is yeah that's right
0: yeah season,
1: season 17 season 17 we We've just left the key to time season behind us.
0: Yeah. We're now in uh, September 1979. All of this ran through from the 1st to the 22nd of September 1979.
1: Holy moly. We are nearly in a new decade, dude. I'm super Whoa, jazzed yeah. about this. This is going to be fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 80s hits. The shoulders just get wider. Oh. <laughs> so there is an element of romana we haven't touched on yet actually which i wasn't sure if it's intentional or not but her outfit choice obviously there's the joke where she comes dressed as tom baker's doctor oh yeah then her final outfit she has a really long scarf and then one of the first things she does coming out of the TARDIS is to like lick a finger and touch a rock and kind of work out its composition oh so I both. I wasn't sure if there was a an element of mimicry from her new character I bet there
1: is I didn't pick up on that but I love it I did notice yeah, that her outfit kind of in general feels like a. I mean it's a, it's almost like a pink version of Tom Baker's outfit but I love that. This bodes well for for her as a companion.
0: I think it's an interesting turn to take, isn't it? To um, have her as a, like a mirror to the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see if, see if it plays out or anything, or if it was just more of a quick, quick way of introducing her and, and making an outfit choice.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe she switches outfit entirely, by the way. Yeah, true. Chris Stapps Paddock of Podcast Land fame pointed out in his mini, uh, which I featured in our last classic review, I don't know if you heard that one, but uh, he pointed out that Tom Baker and Lala Ward would go on to get married. Ah, yeah.
0: I think I was vag- vaguely aware of that. Yeah. Is this the uh the, the starting of their romance?
1: Very possibly. So I mean that is constantly in the back of my mind when I see those two just have chemistry on screen. It's like, well yeah. I'm glad. I'm very happy for you guys. Uh, apparently she then went on to marry Richard Dawkins later on. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> just another mad scientist. <laughs> yeah.
0: like men that fly under the radar, eh? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, I think, generally generally saying, new Romana, off to a fairly good start. So far, so good. Still some ground to prove, but yeah, Yeah, good start. How about we um, flip from that to what I refer to as New Davros.
1: New Davros, okay. I've got him down as Dave in my notes.
0: Do, do we want to go straight into Dave, or do we want to save it for a bit of a, a meaty gem towards the end?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had me at meaty gem towards the end, buddy. <laughs> 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 no, I'm happy to dive into Dave right away, if you like. Let's have that, Dave. Okay, so yeah. pulling that um, pin out from before, please explain to me, does the regular TV edit clarify why Dave wakes up again?
0: I don't think so, no. <laughs> I only watched the brief like, end and starts to to get the cliffhangers. Yeah. But, nope, it just seems to be hand-wiggling awake. He's out there. He's doing his disco jive in his chair.
1: (laughs) So, all right, so here's another thing. I don't remember. This is based on a line from Tom Baker. Tom Baker says, well, the last time I saw you, the Daleks exterminated you. They fired their lasers at you. I don't remember that. That must be in Genesis, but I don't remember it.
0: It must have been in Genesis. Yeah, it must have been like... Or off-screen entirely, I guess, but... Yeah, I I couldn't remember exactly that instant because he referred to it as like point blank range. It's like Dr. Doc's like you could not be alive. Yeah, exactly. And then D'Avros explains his chair. There was enough of him for his life. I forget what he calls it, but basically his chair to revive him and reconstitute him and all this. Yeah. MacGuffin-y stuff.
1: Yeah, but then he's the only person still around on the planet, right? Everyone else who's there has been brought there by the Daleks. They've been shot down and are now being used as slaves. Not counting the Mavellans, who've come there also for the Daleks. But on on all of Scarrow, there is one dude left who was lasered once before. He is otherwise, like, hundreds of years later, he is still perfectly intact in his chair. And the second someone, the second Tom Baker shows up, he just, boop, (laughs) wakes up. what? <laughs> I feel like that's there's def- definitely something missing there. Shouldn't he have woken up on a few occasions during those hundreds of years and just gone, Oh, you're here? Oh, no, I was just the breeze. All right, back to sleep. <laughs> yeah,
0: or oh, he's just there playing solitaire on his, his desk in front of him. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. So you finally got here. <laughs> More questions about that. More questions about this shit, Jim. I'm getting upset now. (laughs) The Daleks are using... They've... uh, I mean, at this point, I'm really... You know what? I'm actually really glad to see that they have upgraded their humanoid slave labor force from using wicker baskets to <laughs> burrow in, into the planet's core to now using, like, stainless steel cooking grates. But <laughs> but they are clearly digging down. Like, they are they are tunneling into Scarrow. But when yeah. when, when Baker finds Dave and he has to bolt, he bolts through the window because he is on the ground floor.
0: That's very true. Because they, they all ah. have to shoot the... Romana falls down, don't they? But they, no, they have worked out how to get from that chute straight down to level three, no, level f- level four, and then you go up a bit to level three. This is how they managed to get there before the Daleks do.
1: So wait, I so mean, after nonsense. he finds Dave, do they then ascend to the ground floor?
0: I, I mean... I, like I don't want to doesn't this. happen.
1: Yeah. Oh, well,
0: yeah, regardless. I don't really want to defend this, but I suspect <laughs> that's what it's meant to be. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. <laughs> Another question for you regarding Dave. Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> why do the Daleks need him?
0: I mean, this whole plot point. What turns out to be the major plot point in this serial is that you have, on the one hand, the Dalek force, or its fleet, being at an impasse with the Mavellon fleet. And they are being controlled by AI for some reason. Like, we have to put a pin in the fact that the Dalek fleet is being controlled by AI. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then through a shit presentation of rock, paper, scissors,
1: apparently <sighs> Which you I like. prove... <laughs>
0: You like that. yeah? Okay. <laughs> you can prove that, yeah, computers would just get stuck in logic impasses. And so all you have to do is put an organic element into it, which we have to put a pin in. Yes,
1: same pin <laughs> as before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So it seemed to be that the Darks have gone to find Davros, so he can be the organic thing to go... Ah, but, you know, don't just assume that they are going to do that, and then so that means you'll do this, and that means that they'll do that, and just go and do banana instead. And <laughs> Doc will do the same thing on the other side, except he'll say, go do Jelly Baby, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, but, <laughs> if they only need, again, we will get to that pit in a moment, but if they only need to add an organic factor, why Dave?
0: Is it not more of a question, why not, Dave, before now?
1: Yeah, that's a great question.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they're still, like, super programmed to go, Dave, you're our master. We can we accept every command you give us.
1: Yeah. Oh, Dave, whom allegedly we lasered to shit a few cereals back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. All is forgiven, Dave, but we will do everything you say. Okay, go on. <laughs>
1: By the way, he's pretty quick to forgive as well. I really need to I need to re-watch Genesis, or at the very least, what I need to do. Actually, you know what? No. I'm going to re-watch that at some point in the future. I will absolutely re-listen to our review of Genesis, because I'm sure we discussed it then. But he is quick yeah. to forgive them as well. And he never goes, but you guys are just computers now. What? No.
0: No. I mean, yeah. What, what has happened to the Daleks? Well, they talk about the battle computer.
1: They have the Supreme Dalek.
0: It, is that is that what they mean by
1: the battle computer? I think so. Yeah. So they have I think that's what it is. Yeah, they have the Supreme Dalek which is just a computer. And we have had a Dalek Supreme before, but that was just a Dalek who happened to be in charge. Like that wasn't an Inorganic component It was a regular Dalek, you know Or maybe it was like a supercharged Dalek Or a very weaponized Dalek or something But yeah, it wasn't a robot, it wasn't a computer But then, in addition to that I think, and I'm pretty sure That I missed something here, but there seems To be an element of, there is No more organic contents within the Dalek shell. We we have that scene of the doctor of Tom Baker finding a car led mutant and just like gleepy glooping with it and then splatting it against the cliff sides. <laughs> But why? Like, why is there a mutant in the quarry? And are there no more mutants inside the Daleks? I don't know. Because if you need to add an organic component, there is already an organic component inside the Dalek.
0: Exactly. Like, all we have to do is detach one of them from something, I guess, and go, all right, now, Bruce, uh, <laughs> what would you do in this situation?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just disconnect the Dalek Supreme.
0: Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it. Uh, I don't know, because I guess it could have been really interesting because it's this idea that Davros's creation has gone away from his vision as well, which is hinted at, but not a lot is done with it. But it could, you know, it could have been they've gone more robotic. Maybe they have kicked out their organic components and now they're losing a battle because of that. Yeah, which maybe is what they're striving for. But it just doesn't the, the dialogue, the scenes don't get that enough in clear enough way, do they?
1: If it had been clear enough, then we wouldn't be asking these questions. Exactly. Because
0: yeah. we know best <laughs> <laughs> um, Other big questions surrounding Dave Okay. Why does he let Doc Pushing him around like a shopping trolley
1: His chair has motors Shouldn't he be able to do stuff with it He also has weaponry And there are buttons on it can he press something yeah, and just call the Daleks and...
0: Exactly, he has loads of controls He has a voice Yeah. Um, he's silent throughout Even Most with... of his introduction
1: Yeah, that's true. But you could, I guess, make the argument that he's been asleep for 200 years and it takes a while for him to cough up all the dust balls in his throat before he can actually say anything. But you're absolutely right. But he he doesn't make any noise when when they even roll him past a Dalek and then, like, roll him back quickly before a Dalek notices. Like, no, just shout. Just like, Dalek, here, you know. Three, four, seven, shoot this guy.
0: Yeah. No, that was really weird. And that was that was weird comedy. Yeah, I think later on, there's even some music that sounds kind of like comedy level music. while he's being wheeled around and it's just like, hmm, this doesn't doesn't feel right. (laughs) Uh, Okay,
1: I see. Yeah, there's almost there's almost an exploitative element to how the doctor deals with Dave in this one. Yeah, at least at times. Uh, speaking of, I was shocked to see that the doctor was a hundred percent serious about blowing up Davros.
0: Oh yeah, like he? Do you think he, he assumes that Davros would get away from the bomb, or he's just not giving a shit?
1: Like what the hell? He does wait a minute. Maybe he assumes that a Dalek's picked it up, but he can't be sure. He can't know. He must assume that this bomb is strong enough to also destroy Davros at the same time. That is straight up murder. Yeah. Which, yeah, cool. (laughs) But someone like Dave deserves a better exit than just being detonated off screen somewhere. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I was really surprised to see it happen, though. But I, I enjoyed the Mexican standoff that was leading up to it. I, I really enjoyed that Tom Baker also called it a Mexican standoff. <laughs> oh, really? There's a sort of say goodbye to your Nazi balls, Dave, scene where Tom Baker just kind of starts lowering the grenade into Davros's <laughs> groin. <laughs> <He> does, <yes. laughs>
0: yeah, I'm said so, I wasn't too sure about that, like keeping him as a hostage with an explosive like yeah this is yeah it's a little bit out of doctor's character um, this whole kind of setup um, yeah the whole boom
1: boom was, davros thing
0: yeah i mean it was kind of the only card he had to play but it's just yeah you, d- you don't really expect it from a doctor
1: <laughs> no absolutely not
0: um the other thing was nice about that though was when the daleks play their card it's exterminate the fuck out of everyone <laughs> yes yes daleks this is what you do <laughs> well
1: done <laughs> but they they're going to do that by by sending in kamikaze daleks no
0: no before that when they sacrifice all the workers so oh i see yeah yeah
1: you're right oh sorry yes you're hostage. absolutely yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's vicious that scene is horrible with i mean three of these slaves just without any kind of objection walk up to the daleks knowing that they're about to be executed that's a horrible scene i mean well you know horrendous scene
0: it's so it's so cold-blooded like yeah but i but i love it because of that like you can imagine some people complaining about it potentially as you know his family show or whatever but yeah this is what the daleks need to be they need to be that ruthless i agree you know uncompromising Something you can't reason with, and often they're not, often they're just naff,
1: as we <laughs> see later
0: in this series.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a return to like the, the good old days of, of Hartnell and Troughton, where you could just push a Dalek around. The
0: good old days. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Although I did like the Doc um, Taunts him when he's at the top of the chute And he's like, oh, yeah. you're so so amazing But you can't get up this chute, can you? Uh. Yes
1: <laughs> I got serious vibes of um, In the in the Eccleston episode, Dalek You know the one, the, the very first Dalek uh, episode yeah. of New Who Where you have just the one Dalek There's a scene, I looked this up in the trivia And actually, it, it, this is relevant for way more Episodes than just Dalek But the, the automatic association for me Was uh, an almost identical scene In Dalek where they run up the stairs And they taunt the Dalek And then the Dalek reveals itself To have like jetpacks or something You know it has like a booster rocket underneath it uh, yeah exactly and it starts levitating up the stairs and they're like oh shit and that's almost i mean i wouldn't be surprised if it's verbatim oh you call yourselves the most you know the superior species or whatever it is he says so yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if that's the same uh, the same kind of thing but i saw in the trivia that actually this is something that has happened in several episodes
0: this is what i remember growing up with though was this this almost sort of in joke of how crap the Daleks were like they were would- they were ridiculed in British culture. But like, they can't go up the stairs. <laughs> <So I laughs> they guess need from a flat time- surface, yeah. <laughs> yeah. From time to time you have to throw a reference to it and, well, you don't have to, but, you know, it, it makes people more on your side, I suppose, if you acknowledge. that's Yeah, yeah they're a bit flawed, but people realize they're a bit flawed.
1: <laughs> well, they used to be even worse because they used to only be able to travel on surfaces that were conducting static electricity. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they wouldn't be able to, for example, travel around the, you know, the outdoor space of Scarrow that we get to see in this episode. They They needed to be on, I guess, a metal Surface that was electric, uh, electrically con- uh, conductive.
0: Literally like bumper cars, just yeah. stuck on a little. <laughs> <laughs>
1: little place exactly I
0: don't know if this is because of the cut we watched but did you spot there is a bumper car moment with Davros yes
1: yes uh, <laughs> when he's he's having his megalomaniacal rant as he's going off screen that's the one right yeah. he's like we are going to destroy everyone and he's just like he just, just nudges an edge a corner and like bumps off a little bit because he so put good. it in
0: like fourth gear as he's going going away I just like <laughs> floored it <Just> like <laughs>
1: <laughs> I loved it.
0: I feel like actually his wheelchair thing was just geared a bit wrongly throughout this whole serial. Like the, the way he, he manoeuvred across the floor was far too floaty. Like it just—it was just like asking to just bump into stuff. Like when Doctor was wheeling around as well, it's like if Tom Baker ever let go for a second, you could just picture that just carrying on for miles.
1: Definitely. <laughs> There are some seriously impressive ball bearings inside that that gizmo somewhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Another weird thing I spotted, actually, which I, I don't know if, if it was intentional. Or I didn't understand it, if it was intentional. Is that scene where the workers are being lined up and shot? Yeah. Quite a few of them are smiling in the background, <laughs> really? and then when they when they come to pick up. The ones that have been killed and carry them away are kind of laughing about it.
1: But that's after the doc has freed them, right? It is, but they're still carrying
0: away their dead colleagues.
1: Or yeah, what, that's you know? that's true. They're, they're clearly like, oh well, Brian over there, he should have stuck around maybe five minutes longer. Clearly, but it's maybe a little on the callous side. But I think I think what they're trying to convey is just happiness at having been liberated finally. Yeah, but you I, know just what? Looked- Really Guys you. are idiots. Those guys are absolute idiots because Romana gets captured, gets turned into part of the workforce, and and she then um, just pretends to be dead, gets carried out, and is completely fine. (laughs) Why has no one else tried this? That's like the go-to way of escaping. Play dead.
0: Okay, we've we've kind of jumped right towards the middle and end of this serial. (laughs) It's true. So Romana's being captured by the Daleks. Yeah. Get a get a scene where she's interrogated by the Dalek. Romana is a Time Lord. They have her on so many gizmos. Like they're talking to her. They're monitoring her.
1: Oh, that's so and true. They,
0: they they have her flagged as this. Or category nine threat level or something which basically means you're no threat to us sports go and work in our minds yeah how do they not know that she's a time lord and someone to be reckoned
1: with yeah why can't they just go wait hang on you are clearly harboring way more intelligence than that we need as in military intelligence we are going to interrogate you forever you know what? I I kind of enjoyed that they built this massive set. It it's super elaborate. It's beautifully decorated. It has real to real computers in there, even though goodness knows how you maneuver that with a plunger. And all it <laughs> is is just one big lie detector. And it's it's a really crap lie detector as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I love that set as well. Keep your hands on the sensors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are detecting how sweaty your palms are. <laughs>
1: yeah uh, excellent (laughs) oh i made a note about one of the prisoners he's wearing the same blue and white uniform with the with the gigantic white shoulder pads that we get to see in uh, planets of terror in the disco werewolves episode
0: i did not notice that Mm. i noticed that they seem to be costumed like it wasn't that everyone's in a, a bin bag like they they were outfits from other cultures and what have you Yeah
1: exactly hang on I'm going to I'm going to grab this from trivia because I bet you that there's more there Oh, here we go. Parts of the Dalek slaves' costumes were recycled from previous aliens. For example, one wears the costume, but not the mask of a draconian. Another, the trousers from an SV robot. The the robots of death. Another has the head of a humanoid form axon, which I didn't notice. And another is wearing a blue Marestran spacesuit. And that's the one that I did notice. Uh, yeah.
0: That's weird. Like, it's nice that there's a real humanoid person's outfit there, because... Surely the implication is that the Daleks have just picked these people up from all over the place.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think
0: is that one of the conversations in in the mine. In fact, is that someone like their entire ship or whatever group group of people got killed apart from them?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a woman whom Romana befriends in there says something yeah. to that effect. They're, they're clearly all from different places. The guy who's being buried in the very beginning, when when we get to see an actual burial. Um, which I don't see why the Daleks would be okay with. Like, why would the Daleks just allow a bunch of humans unguarded, to, or humanoids, unguarded to go and perform a burial service for one of the other prisoners? The Daleks clearly don't care about any of that stuff.
0: Yeah, they should just set up a chute and just, like, throw them down this chute.
1: Yeah, exactly. In any case, when Doc just commits an act of grave robbery in the beginning <laughs> and defiles this poor... Man's Grave, he uh, devises that he is a pilot from the third galactic federation of the planet Cantra. So that's yet another world that maybe maybe this person was the only survivor of some galactic federation ship from Cantra. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really get why they're digging is the only thing. I I feel like this is the go-to thing. If you have Daleks anywhere, then they're gonna have prisoners, and you're gonna have those prisoners just work in the mines. Yeah. For no real reason, you know?
0: It does seem a really weird way to get down to wherever this is what i'm saying man
1: they're not doing that (laughs) there's (laughs) one of the daleks dalek 347 has a side project (laughs) when we when we left scarrow i left my collection of bobbleheads in the lower quarters
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god they must be worth thousands now
1: (laughs) They were still in the packaging, the unbroken seals.
0: <laughs> the thing I also didn't get is, surely they, like, I know Daleks came from Skaro, but the point yeah. is, they all left, and the only, only person, only thing left here was Davros. So, so they've come back here, yeah. they must have come back in a spaceship, why are they then at the end, waiting for a spaceship?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> didn't think about that. <laughs> I don't
0: I don't recall it being described like but like if they'd said like their spaceship crashed or they turned it into a drilling device or something exactly
1: yeah that would have been a good one
0: but no it just seems to be that oh yeah Alex are on Skaro have to get off Scaro. they have to wait for a ship there we go tense oh we've got a time constraint <laughs>
1: they're waiting for a way bigger ship that can house Dave and his massive eagle that's what it is <laughs> yeah.
0: or um Brian's collection of Bobbleheads. Soda, soda drinks have exploded and the entire <laughs> ship is underwater <laughs> us Daleks are fine but you Davros will drown
1: <laughs> this is fan fiction in the making
0: <laughs> yeah there there are quite a few plot points in this serial; it has to be that <laughs> yeah
1: how about we t- chat about the other race of sentient robots that we encounter here I say other race of robots because t- yeah the Daleks are robots now
0: yeah we we can talk about them rather than just objectify them you mean
1: yes exactly <laughs> The Mavellans. Did you realise that they were robots from the get-go? I
0: have to say I didn't. I thought they were super weird. Okay. they they were just sort of stood around in the background not doing it hell of a lot. when we get to see their spaceship and Doc's captive and stuff like that I didn't realise until I...
1: one of them got shot one of them got uh, gets shot and is like underneath uh, some sort of or maybe, maybe they're just like lying down but there's an element of no Doc you can't come what was it aliens can't be allowed to see us in death they say oh, yeah. so Doc is not allowed to investigate and also we get to see someone get shot and I think possibly there's there's a zoom in on the hand i don't know if the hand moves as well but there's definitely a zoom in on the hand and it felt like mm, okay is th- they're gonna come back to life right so they are probably robots and they they have silver hair like they're, they're <laughs> clearly robots
0: i have to admit i was pretty dumb through all of this i didn't put any of it together i think i just didn't really care like so Fair what are the robots you know it's like they're they're cool silver haired space people that are,
1: Super sexy. Super sexy. I have a few questions about how they function as well. They are just officially robots, (laughs) but they are purporting to be biological entities, I guess, to gain the Doctor's trust in order to kill the Daleks or kill Davros because that's what the Daleks are after. But when they find out that Doc is an expert in robots, they want to kill him too? What?
0: i don't know they don't they seem to be trying they do seem to be kind of wanting to harm the dot at points but then they don't ever really seem to act on it
1: oh, what dude they told malol to act on it there's one point where they go, okay, uh, we have now uh, found the Dalek objective, and we get to see a picture of a very pixelated Dave on their spaceship monitor. And then yeah. Leeds Mavellan, Leeds Silver Dude, goes, we now have a secondary objective. We must take this person. And then it changes to Tom Baker. And they, I mean, they, they put Romana in the Nova tube uh, to disintegrate her, and they use their, like, Flash Gordon dildo ray gun on Tom <laughs> Baker to, you know, knock him out.
0: But it's all about getting, it is getting his knowledge, but they're doing it in just stupid ways. I guess this is the, the robot aspect to it. Because, like you say, they already knew the Doctor was helpful and informative. Yeah. He goes off and I forget what happens in between, but he, you know, he's going off and doing other stuff and they basically just want to get him back. They want, they want to use his information again. They want him to, to, help them break the stalemate and to do this they well one of them thinks they are killing um Romana and one of the one of them has just used on, Romana as a as a lure and didn't intend to kill her yeah but it's it's that usual thing as well until you know 100% that they're robots and have ulterior motives they behave like super compassionately and organically so to speak you know And then they'd start behaving more robotically and more sinisterly. And it's just, I don't know. That's true. That's a
1: really good point, actually.
0: Such a sloppy shift over.
1: (laughs) I hadn't thought about that, but that's that's absolutely spot on. They are characterized very differently pre- and post-reveal.
0: And it just doesn't make sense. Their goal hasn't changed. They're still at war with the Daleks. Yeah. They still want help from someone who understands
1: who the Daleks are. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I've got another question about them. What do they have a cylinder on their belt that if you just plop it off or it... I mean, it could just fall off. <laughs> <laughs> they could nudge against a wall and, you know, they, they lean against a wall during one of Silver Hare's long soliloquies and they're like, oh, better lean. And then it comes off. Why do they then get vertigo and die? <laughs> <laughs> why, why is it super easy? <laughs> why is it super easy for one, coincidentally, human, a spaceman, ex-Dalek slave to just use a like a ballpoint pen to press two buttons inside the cylinder and that completely reprograms <laughs> the, the robots the Movellan to only doing the humans bidding and also always grabbing the cylinders of its its peers
0: <laughs> it it just uh, it has a a default um give up and and allow work for the sub- enemy uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that whole thing is ridiculous. <laughs> I actually, I blinked the first time and didn't realize, because Doc and, as I referred to him, stalker guy. Um, <laughs> because yeah. he's just totally creeping on Romana throughout the <laughs> the first couple of scenes we see him in.
1: A hundred percent, yeah.
0: They're, they end up playing keep away with, with one of them. I thought they'd just grab the gun.
1: I thought so as uh, well.
0: But no, it turns out it's this little battery thing that, yeah, houses half of their brains. I don't know. What the hell? Yeah,
1: their entire mission objective, their entire raison d'etre, all of their, like, yeah. the three rules of robotics, everything is in there. It's just in a just neat little cylinder that it. you can carry on your belt. Well,
0: yeah, it's like explained away as like, well, where do you put the most important thing to you? Somewhere you can always put your hand on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, what have I done with my hat so, I don't know where my hat is it's, if you kept it on your belt you'd always know where your hat
1: is <laughs> that's true
0: <laughs> but it is yeah it's such a flaw <laughs>
1: I mean, it's... I mean,
0: this is actually something the Daleks could use against them. Like yes. The, the Daleks, not known for their um, flexibility and maneuverability, could easily knock that off with a plunger.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? They don't even need to because it turns out if you blow in the K nine whistle, then that oh, yeah. also knocks them out. So there's a certain frequency that just... That they can't operate on.
0: There was some phantom smashing at the control panel before he blew the whistle. I don't oh, know that's if he true. did some gizmo-y stuff.
1: Oh, maybe. That is true.
0: Either way, no. <laughs> Shittest androids. No, not even androids. Shittest robots? I don't know. What's the difference between a robot and an android? Maybe they are androids because they're autonomous.
1: Yeah, maybe. And they, they look humanoids, which I feel is an android's prerequisite. Yeah. Wait, you think they're shits? i think they're great but that's mostly because i want to sleep with them but i also think that they were charismatic they had a certain je ne sais quoi they were wearing spandex they they were great
0: yes no you've missed i absolutely love them Oh, good (laughs) but they they have such a stupidly big flaw that makes them a bit shit you know true
1: yes absolutely (laughs) There's a moment when the doctor realizes that they are robots, and he just walks up to it's. It, I can't remember what her name is either. the 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 yeah, female no lead idea, of the, the Mavellans, yeah, and he just tears open her her shirt to reveal a control panel inside. But like, what if? I mean, there's a there, there must be just <laughs> a tiny, really slim chance that the doc is wrong. That when he tears the white span, just imagine he. He goes there, he's like, yeah, uh, I got this. Let me just fix this and explain to everyone involved what's going on here. He tears it open and pow, just the best pair of tits anyone's ever seen. It it is, it it seems, wait, I should probably cut that, shouldn't I? Bing bong. Nope. Bing bong. Given that there's a slight risk that he is wrong, that felt like maybe too risky a move, if you know what I mean. That could easily have it, gone in a very different direction.
0: It is it is a ballsy, pun kind of intended, move to just <laughs> rip it open with such abandon. I, I will grant you that, yeah. It also, it does beg the question of who designed these robots? Have they designed themselves? Why are they humanoid? Why are they so gosh darn sexy? Why are they sexed as well? Like Why are there female-looking ones, male-looking ones, but they're also all a bit androgynous, you know? Yeah, true. The styling of them is... It's very, I mean, it's very intriguing. It's like why some would have done this. It doesn't make a lot of sense, given that they just live as a robot species where all of that's kind of irrelevant.
1: I wonder if it's to blend in, in a way. I mean, th- the fact that they, they seem to be gendered and they seem to have various ethnicities all lend credence to this theory that is originally adopted by the doctor that they are in fact a regular, I mean, quote unquote, regular biological species as opposed to a robot species. Uh, so, so maybe that's why. Maybe it's all to lend credence to this illusion.
0: I mean, I guess so. It's just. I it's think not really it's weird that expanded on why. I suppose. No, that's
1: that is true. I, I also think if they've made such an incredible effort to create create a body, I mean, to to make a body that walks on two legs that has two arms that looks so incredible that is sorry not looks that is humanoid and that functions like a humanoid and that has like, they all have their individual appearance and also as you say like that there's a certain aesthetic to them etc why would you assume that that realism doesn't also extend underneath the uniform? Why would you assume that if you pull, that you rip rip her top off that oh there'll there'll just be a computer panel there No, she may very well look like a, a humanoid all over, and this would have been super inappropriate
0: yeah, I think that's that's a fair point actually. I guess maybe that's just a consideration of seventies technology put into the future it's, oh yeah you don't imagine a, a terminator moment where they're ripping the the flesh off of a you know mechanical skeleton
1: that's <laughs> it's, true
0: it's no it's just clothing <laughs> clothing over robot come on which is ridiculous obviously when you can see their face and their hands and it looks so flash like and real yeah
1: exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. Speaking of
0: chess, actually, there was um, a nice line that the Romana had when she referred to her two hearts. Um, I forget who she was talking to. but oh, yes. Someone was surprised that she was a Time Lord. And um, she says, yeah, I have two hearts. Well, one for casual, one for best. <laughs> <laughs> God, I like
1: yeah, I like that too. That's really early on, isn't it?
0: That is in episode two.
1: Oh, okay. What was the end actually? Yeah. Oh, I take so it. back. Sorry. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, actually skipping through my notes and you know, considering what we've chosen to talk about as well, I do wonder if episodes one and two are just a bit light. Content.
1: Well, so let's let's go through. What do we have in Episodes 1 and 2? They arrive, they discover that there are Daleks, they're separated from the TARDIS, we get that classic trope of, oh, the TARDIS is blocked off by boulders, which we can't yeah. move, so we can't escape, except at the end, we'll just pick them up and throw <laughs> them around like cardboard. <laughs> Yep. And is Davros the second cliffhanger?
0: Davros is the second, yeah.
1: Okay. And we get to see the slaves, presumably, in those two episodes.
0: Yeah, so we do get, I
1: guess... You know what? That's pretty much the entire plot. Scene, actually. Like, actually, this whole serial is pretty light on, on plot.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. Not in a bad way,
1: though. At no point during these quote-unquote four episodes that i just watched as a movie at no point did i feel there's not enough happening here i, I just felt like nah, what's happening isn't substantiated enough but i never felt just cram in more plot please you know
0: no true i think you know they they take their time with with these uh, classic episodes compared to some of the new who things i think they're not as filled out with action or effects so they tend to linger more on things that might be slightly more mundane or just more dialogue heavy yeah um so we do get scenes with like romana and the the other prisoners and there's not a lot going on really and i don't think I, i think i'm right in saying there's not a single prisoner that says anything other than creepy stalker
1: guy I think it's creepy stalker guy, and very oh, no. briefly that the the woman in the mines who talks yeah, about the car. The no, but yes. she's dead. You can't leave her like this. We need to bury her. Uh, you know, yada yada yada. Yes, you know, you're right. Creepy
0: stalker guy. I think is called Tyson. Is uh, Tyson,
1: it? yeah. He's badass. I really like Tyson. He's such he a nice pretty guy. Cool, yeah, he's a nice guy. He he has a a good rapport with the doctor, and he's really quick with a ballpoint pen. I like him. <laughs> the guy gets my vote. <laughs> He struck a,
0: a vibe with me. I sort of felt like I recognised him. Oh, have I you don't looked know him if up? He, just, he looks a bit like someone else. So the actor is called Tim Barlow. Okay. Um, and as Isn't as that as the guy from this,
1: Take That? <laughs> That's
0: Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, as as we record this, very pleased to say he um, he is still with us. This is a, a joyous rarity when you look up actors from classic who.
1: <laughs> Sadly, true. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. But I, yeah, there's nothing particularly jumping out from his career that I would kind of go, oh yes, uh, that that must be where I know him from. Hmm. Quite quite a kind of sporadic uh, covering of some TV and and some film stuff. He was in The Eagles Landed, which I don't think I've actually seen. But oh, uh, dude,
1: watch it! It's a huge, classic,
0: huge film. Yeah. yeah. Some production of Les Mis, The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes, he was in an episode of. Nice. He was in Hot Fuzz, apparently. Maybe I recognize him from that. Oh, okay. And was in an episode of Sherlock. Oh. Amongst various other things. Yeah, his character in this is, um, well, it's it's basically the fourth build, would you say, or even the third build? I don't know. After after Davros or before Davros? I was
1: just thinking, I was genuinely just thinking that. I don't know, I feel like he has more to do than Davros, but Davros is just a higher profile character.
0: Yeah. Or, I don't know, I guess the commander of the Mavellans gets a fair bit of screen time as well.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, it'll be Doc Romana, Mavellan chap, Davros, probably this dude, Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some more Dalek notes in my notes, I've just realized. Okay. I feel like they are slightly more expository in this serial than they normally are. Like, even more expository. It's gone to a point where they're now providing exposition even whilst carrying out the orders that they have already outlined in prior exposition dumps. Where where they, they go, we must do this, and then cut to them doing it and they go do not deviate keep doing it It, it, it's just absolutely bananas i love it
0: we are following out our orders do not (laughs) deviate from the orders of following out the orders
1: for anyone who might be watching from around that corner these are our orders You know what? There's a fantastic scene with the Daleks, actually, whilst they're, car- they're quote-unquote, not deviating from carrying out their orders. When the dock is hanging out on the cliff sides, and we get to see the Daleks above him sort of just Nazguling around the around the precipice, or, or, you know, around the corner. That is pretty cool. But for some reason, as he's... I'm gonna have to back away for my webcam to pick this up. Like, for some reason, whenever you hear a Dalek say something, it just moves forwards towards the cliff's edge so that you can see him, and then moves back out of frame when it stops talking. So, that, which is maybe, a little dumb. But it's a beautiful shot.
0: It is a good shot. And given what I said about the um, the glidiness of the casters, I was just utterly convinced there must be a take where that Dalek just totally went over the edge. Yeah, it
1: fell over. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of those Daleks, by the way. There are, In particular, I'm thinking of like the kamikaze scene when Dave is rolling along the the edge of his like Dalek suicide platoon. There are like ten of them all assembled all of them wearing weirdly coincidentally the exact same grenade that the doctor just created a makeshift yeah. <laughs> a few scenes ago but they all have like the little grenade belts it, that's pretty rad
0: yeah. I think I wanna go as far as they would say there were ten, but there's there's definitely between like four and six. And I think there are there's a group of about the same number on the opposite side, is it? Oh, okay. Kind of like hanging around uh, in the back Yeah, up. there you go. But yeah, it, it definitely feels like there's a load of Daleks there. Uh,
1: a mess of Daleks.
0: Yeah.
1: Among my notes, there are more Dalek bullet points. Like we get Dalek vision again, for example, and this time it actually looks really cool. Not that it didn't look cool before either, but we do get that, you know, Dalek POV.
0: Yeah. It was it was kinda cool. I wasn't too sure if they were a bit too heavy on the um old Daleks sea with like a load of concentric circles. <laughs> um, it was just like quite hard to actually see any detail through it.
1: yeah, it's very dark, certainly. Oh, speaking of, the scene of the doctor just throwing his hat on the ice stalk and the Dalek just becoming instantly helpless is. Uh, that's William Hartnell levels of, of Dalek slapstickery.
0: Yeah, that was what I was referring to earlier. Yeah. In, in particular. Whilst that's stupid enough, the fact that the Dalek then just goes into a corner and explodes. Yes, I mean, wait, what? why does it <laughs> explode? I don't know. <laughs>
1: Does it just explode not, out of frustration?
0: It seems to be that. It seems to be like the robotic trope of, oh, does not compute, does not compute, boom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, minus points. Sorry.
0: More definite minus points in a related note, going back to Davros. Yeah. So I've read some trivia on on why this is the case, but new Davros- I'm calling him New Davros does look a bit shit <laughs> it has to be said <laughs> looks more like a puppet than ever Yeah. Um, it, to the point where when he's being wheeled around by the doctor and not saying a lot I was half convinced they've just like a, a mannequin in, that, in that yeah 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 and there's someone else doing the voice and it's just not the same it doesn't sound evil it hasn't got that
1: that Michael Michael Wisher Martin Wisher yeah. it's Wisher something right let oh. me look him
0: up because he yeah, he it. was not available because he was in America I believe is the oh right. should we around this he was on tour on oh, no, australia sorry michael michael wisher michael wisher was on tour in australia okay um so on yeah tour? part of the part of the reason i don't know what that means
1: maybe a theatrical <laughs> tour maybe he was a stage actor as well
0: yeah i guess so the mask was made for him so it's kind of understandable it didn't really fit someone else but it also it was five years old and the condition of it deteriorated <laughs> oh no. Yeah, this is like one of your big villains and you just wheel it out like that where it just no, it just looked really really poor. I, I did not know. Oh. I I couldn't focus and and feel like this is the evil genius here with the really lackluster voice and the lackluster appearance.
1: You know, I didn't mind the appearance. And I think they could have they didn't, but they could have used the fact that he's been sitting there for 200 years. To kind of justify it You know Five years of uh, Or five or six years Or however long it was Of a rubber Or a latex mask Deteriorating Might be equal to 200 years of Semi-organic matter Deteriorating on Scarrow You know And you could just You could just say that Wow you look really Worse for wear man You've been single For 200 years Maybe try popping out Of your cryosleep And moisturising Every once in a while Uh, But
0: Vitamin D Davos. Come on
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get out of the sun For a moment Come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really mind it. I thought it looked a little wonky when he spoke. But yeah, so I, I found a bit of trivia about that as well to say that the mask was originally made for the original actor. It wasn't made for this new actor. I didn't make a note of the names, but... So they're taking some... These are face molds. They, they are face casts, right? So they're taking what on the outside looks like Davros's face, on the inside looks like Michael Wisher's face, and they're squeezing it around whatever the new guy's face is. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of faces... That's what I'm saying, yeah. Um,
0: well, I've read. I've read a bit of trivia. for Potentially, why that might have happened oh, yeah. is that this is the first time they use a steady cam. Oh, really? Uh, oh, in is in that new possibly, tech in
1: 1979? Yeah, I,
0: I've, I've lost the note now, but like potentially in any television production, at least in the UK, and it cost a hell of a lot of money, obviously. Yeah, and maybe that's why they skimped on some other things. But like, it doesn't actually come across as a serial. They skimped stuff on stuff. You know, the we got an entire a Whole new race of people, the Movellans. We've got their spaceship. We've got
1: their spaceship set Dalek is beautiful, sets. by the way.
0: Yeah, the yeah. computer like is they beautiful. Spend money
1: on it. Yeah, we get the Dalek light detector sets that's gorgeous it looks quite expensive actually
0: yeah so it was probably one of the first british productions to make use of a steadicam
1: interesting okay
0: Um, and yeah because of high cost of that setup i guess it's this is where the budgets are pulled from perhaps so nearly all the props and sets were reused including the davros mask i guess that doesn't mean you can't do good things with reusing things but when it comes down to this one iconic mask (laughs) you're just stuck with it i suppose
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, I I wasn't bothered by it. I thought it was fine. Cool. Each to their own Each to their own Yeah (laughs)
0: Another bit of trivia I'm just pulling straight From Wikipedia
1: (laughs) Okay yeah let's hear it Um,
0: So this is I can't remember if we talked On air about this or not But this is Terry Nation's script Yeah It is his final script Correct, Amundo. And have you Have you read trivia And why this was His final script
1: No I'm gonna guess That it's because He went to the states To try to peddle His spin-off show He wanted to do The Dalek spin-off In the states
0: Oh is that about this time
1: Wow I I don't know He may have done it beforehand But I know that at some point I mean, he tried to do that he tried and failed so I, I wonder if maybe that's why he left the BBC but it, what have you read what have you found
0: it possibly is part of the reason at least but apparently so this script has Douglas Adams hand in it quite dramatically yeah and I don't know where the sources for this come from but apparently um yeah, it was rewritten heavily by Douglas Adams and Terry Nation was not very happy without that and it sounds like they maybe he left the production oh, right. on sour, sour okay. terms because of this but Adams claimed that what Terry Nation handed over was just several pages of notes that rehashed previous Dalek stories. I'm and, not surprised. Know, he had, had to rewrite it and put it into a format that actually worked you know?
1: <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Terry Nation did have a tendency to just recycle his material, his narrative material for Daleks.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it'd be interesting if there's anything to kind of look at as the first draft that you could follow as a story, or if it really is that bad, but it's just like, oh yeah, it's something where there's another load of of robots. Oh yeah, ducks are now robots. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) Davos is there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just like a handful of disparate bullet points were perhaps handed over to Douglas Adams and he then had to connect those dots without having a personal connection to the Daleks, the way the Terry Nation obviously did. I don't know, there's a mention of Douglas Adams having been wildly involved in writing this script as well on TARDIS Wikia, and they refer to a book by Neil Gaiman called Don't Panic, which I take to be a, a biography of Douglas Adams which I'm now super curious to read because it's freaking Neil Gaiman and it's freaking Douglas Adams which allegedly corroborates this as well
0: yeah even as far as one of the DVD commentaries apparently has the director Ken Grieve saying Adams wrote 98% of the script
1: oh right (laughs) oh there you go then
0: (laughs) I mean, who knows the real story? Like, I'm sure you'd get a different story from whoever you talk to. But, sure. But also like, going on to the, slightly onto the, the kind of production woes and, and budget constraints, this is part of the reason why K9 isn't there, because they apparently had nightmarish time having K9 on location before in the Stones of Blood.
1: Oh, and really? And a lot of
0: this is shot on location. Yeah, because they have to like, construct
1: ramps and hide the camera at such angles that you can't see the like the flat surface that K9 is only able to travel across yeah
0: yeah interesting to see if we do get K9 out on location again or whether they realize it's just not worth the hassle just in, in hindsight actually you know the knowledge that it's difficult to have him on location shoots is super interesting when this is a dalek serial and like even in episode they talk about how daleks have to move like on smooth surfaces effectively you know? <laughs> yes exactly
1: <laughs> Which couldn't... feels like a Douglas Adams thing, by the way. I mean, the yeah. j- the joke of Tom Baker's, as in in brackets, probably Douglas Adams, at the expense of the Daleks, going, well, you thought that you were the supreme, or well, if you're the supreme beings, then how come you can't chase us up this chute? That feels like it's a dig at the Daleks, but it also feels a little bit like possibly a dig at Terry Nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Nation would not have included that line in the script.
0: No, that's probably true.
1: Did we talk about the Supreme Dalek? We did sort of talk about the Supreme Dalek, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Though I would like to add that I think it's really awkward. The scene where the Supreme Dalek, who's just this glowing orb, is introduced to the mix and is plonked on Dave's, you know, chair tray, and then by a Dalek, and that Dalek just leaves the room. And this Supreme Dalek is really loud and obnoxious. It's just constantly blinking and bleeping and blooping. If I were Dave, I'd be like... You can't leave without telling me where the volume knob is. Like this is <laughs> really quite rude. You just left me with this very annoying object.
0: <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Was yeah? that
1: the Supreme Dalek? Was I it not? I thought that was
0: just some kind of data. Uh, it was a kind of data sphere that was. Oh, that it, really? Davros, catch up on a bit of history. <laughs> was okay, I apologize, I apologize.
1: I apologize. I <laughs> apologize was it I don't know I think you're probably right no, really <laughs> that kidding. makes so much more sense than what I just said but still still volume knob <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought it was quite cool, though. Kind of like the prop.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's a beautiful thing. It's like one of those Thunderball, whatever they're called. You know what I mean?
0: I don't know what you mean.
1: Every mad scientist has one. I used to have one when of those kids. You know, the balls with the uh, oh, electricity yeah, that yeah. shoots out. You... That's the electricity thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, random notes, including one more about Dave. He gets cryo-frozen towards the end because he's now going to stand trial. Quote, a- for crimes against the whole of sentient creation. Yowch. Yeah. Tough, tough break, Dave.
0: <laughs> is this one of two potential star wars references
1: oh you think because he's being oh, wait, no, this almost frozen in carbonite
0: yeah this is after um being frozen in carbonite
1: 79 yeah it is isn't
0: it no it's not 79 we're not in 80 yet no no, no it's you're right
1: you're, yeah yeah. sorry you're right okay wait what's the second reference did you say one of two
0: i don't i don't know if it's a reference but i think it, well, it might be more a reference to like world war Two film stuff as we hinted at before both of these sci-fi realms quite often draw from those kind of kind of things it's a bit tropey but there's there's a shot in not the dalek interrogation room the dalek control room where they've got like a transparent map oh yeah they're kind of planning the locations and stuff and just just that shot through the transparent map to see someone looking at it the other side like it's done everywhere now but i I I don't know maybe it was was new. i'm not sure in the 70s you know was was that a particular sci-fi thing or did does it go back to um, like World War II mission areas and that they were drawing on boards like that? I don't know.
1: I don't know either. I don't really see the benefit of it.
0: <laughs> well, it being transparent.
1: Yeah. Is it so that someone can stand on the other side of it and go, but no, but what about this bit here? Is that why?
0: I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> no, you missed a bit. Uh, well, yeah, but like this dude, like he's, he's not doing anything. Make him do something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Might be.
0: <laughs> it's for micromanaging, Yeah. <laughs>
1: It would be much easier to see this, Captain, if you wrote on a blackboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, other random bullet point, unless you've got something that you want to um, throw into the mix. No, you go ahead. Romana kicks a dude's arm off. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually had that a question, because like, I didn't rewind back and I kind of blinked and you missed it sort of thing. So, did Romano kick a commander's arm off? What the fuck? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> That's either a powerful right leg she's got or those robots are they are not very well constructed if you could just kick their arm off. <laughs> they're really badly designed. Aren't yeah. <laughs> I saw that the doc reads a book called The Origins of Time, which I thought was kind of fun. And he corrects the writer as he's reading it.
0: Yes, that was really nice. There's another bit of trivia about that, actually. Oh, yeah? So it's, it's not actually The Origins of Time, it's like The Origins of the Universe. Oh, sorry. Which is a book by Ulan Kalufid uh, Hitchhiker Hitchhiker's Guide yes
1: yeah oh freaking Douglas Adams that's <laughs> that's Douglas Adams giving himself a reach around there he <laughs> <Jesus laughs> <did> it <laughs> that is pretty cool when did Hitchhiker come out he's still working on sure. Hitchhiker Hitchhiker at this point right because I remember the I'm last sure time the that we had him I know what was the last last one that we had where Douglas Adams was involved? Because I remember there being a bit of trivia saying that he was working on... Maybe it was Pirate Planet. Uh, not Pirate Planet. Yeah, Pirate Planet, mm, sorry. Yeah, I think that was the last one. I remember there being a bit of uh, trivia that said that he was, at the time, working on Hitchhikers. And that's not too long ago. That's
0: The comedy series ran in 78, so it's ah. already
1: happened. Ah, Oh, Okay.
0: Sorry. Did I say comedy series? I meant not say radio series. The radio series.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which I've never heard. I'm sure I've confessed <sighs> that on, on the show before. I'm, I yes. apologize. I apologize.
0: You totally need to. Yeah. <laughs> I would be on record to say it's the best format of the original
1: story. I will absolutely give that a listen then.
0: Possible it's not referenced in that format though. I can't remember. The the Ulon thing. I think it's it's a very early on narratory bit about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy itself, isn't it? It's saying it's more popular than Ulon Kalufid's Guide to Origins of the Universe or something. Like it's it's oh, outsold yeah. it or something like that. Yes, it's exactly. The Bible and, it's it's better stuff. than yeah. this
1: and this and this and this, and that's one of the many titles listed.
0: Yeah, maybe isn't in the radio think maybe it's in the book and the TV, I don't know anyway. Huh. It's him giving himself a nice big, as you describe, reach around as I describe, pat on the back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, random note the cinematic cut opens on them materializing in a quarry and the doctor saying he has a feeling he's been there before, which I felt was kind of fun. He's just looking around, like, I think I've been here before. It's like, yep. <laughs>
0: For a brief second, as well, I felt like I had been there before, and it was the entrance to the cave where the rabbit is in um, Monty Python's. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> so throw a holy hand grenade at it. <laughs> yeah free ratings would you mind if I just pasted in a soundbite just a random soundbite from this episode this would be just a
0: random soundbite
1: just random I'm just gonna pick one out of a hat you know what I'm just gonna pick a a a, a timestamp from out of the ether oh 28 minutes in drilling will continue until penetration is complete (laughs) right Uh, so (laughs) shall we rate this let's do that (laughs) And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings.
0: Well then, Destiny of the Daleks. What did I think about this overall? I'm still not 100 percent sure what I think about this overall. So we're going to go through <laughs> some points, and we'll see where we end up, I suppose. Okay. Um, I think in the same way we we addressed off the bats, let's talk about Romana too. I think. As we discussed, she's off to a pretty good start. It's a bit of a weird thing to transition into. It was a bit of a weird scene with her regenerating and Mr. Ben-style costume changes. (laughs) But I think, as you rightly pointed out, Leon is quite interesting ground to be treading, where the character already has a relationship with the Doctor. We don't have to rebuild that. We don't have to learn backstory again we don't have to question motivation and all this kind of stuff is hitting the ground running with that but I I don't feel like this was the best serial to show off Romana as a whole even if Mary Tam was still playing the character which is a bit of a shame for Lala Ward to, to come in for her first serial and yes there are points where she's getting agency and She's, you know, contributing to the story. But there are also things that felt a bit, I don't know, like the the point where she's faking her death in the in the mine. It was obviously a good ploy and it worked in her favor. But watching her doing the faking, I don't know if I was on board with all this is Romana conveying some kind of, you know, subterfuge. I was questioning is this romana just really weak like are we seeing a different side because she's regenerated and she's gonna be you know played a different way and i think that was maybe a mistake of the script that you know you're left questioning is this the same character or is this a different character um and i don't think that was their intention but Hmm. anywho yeah mostly positive a little bit shaky for romana off off the ground in in her second guise at least doc in general i think is on pretty good form maybe not quite as many memorable lines some serials but yeah i think he's doing things you expect and true to character apart from perhaps holding davros hostage with explosive grenades and then detonating said grenade and presumably wanting to kill davros maybe not quite in the full spirit of the character of the doctor but kind of works in the situation we've got an interesting new race of creatures the mvallans introduced into the hooniverse and i think they're a really good addition Mm. but you can't Ignore the fact they have one massive floor with their (laughs) brains on their belts (laughs) in a little canister. That's pretty shockingly bad. And the fact that Romana can kick an arm off of one of them is pretty shockingly bad. But yeah, they're an interesting tradition. They're aesthetically very intriguingly designed. And it's yeah, it seems a bit of a shame actually they don't seem to come back much at all. Other than a few fleeting references here and there. The Daleks as a whole, I think, are mostly doing the normal Dalek thing. They get some real cold blooded murder out of their system, which is good to see. Obviously in a bad way, it's you know it's a good to see that they are properly bad. But we do get some horrible comedy moments with hats on ice stalks and yeah, that's never a good thing to see. But it's not as bad as Davros. Davros is a real letdown. I feel like in this serial,
1: oh, um, okay,
0: the new new actor just doesn't deliver the lines in the same way. There's no, I think the one point where he gets particularly angry and is having a bit of a, a rant is just about getting to the level of of Davros we've seen before. But most of the time, it just feels a bit too flat, and it, you don't get the evil genius um, vibe from him as much as you should do. Mm. And then we've got Doc around like a shopping trolley. We've got <laughs> the fact that he's not really in control and command of anything. Like the Daleks have come here basically to get him as an organic component to get them out of a 200-year stalemate. It's not because he's the leader of the Daleks. It's, I don't know, it's just a bit weird. It it's, seems a an entire serial dedicated to maybe doing a bit of a disservice to the generator the daleks but hey ho there are also quite a few plot holes as well there's a question of why the daleks well how the daleks got to scaro and if they got to them in a spaceship why is their spaceship not there why are they sat around waiting for a spaceship is it just because it made the plot easier so they have to have a time frame where they're stuck there and people can come and, and do extra things uh, why don't the daleks realize romana's a time lord and the Mavellans, whilst they enjoy their addition to the universe, why are they just so inconsistent with how they handle their, their needs surrounding the Doctor? They, they want the Doctor to help them, but then they're being duplicitous about how they interact with him and they're, they're capturing Romana and very flippant with her life. And after they're exposed as robots, their whole character seems to shift quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's just a little bit inconsistent there. And it's it's a bit of a shame. So I think it's not a terrible episode. There are lots of things I wanted to like about it. It's in my mind, probably settling in a very mediocre episode and just below average, I would say. So I'm going to give us a
1: A 2.3. 2.3. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. For me, Douglas Adams' influence is really felt in this serial. And I mean that as a tremendous compliment. His signature brand of humour and paradoxical logic puzzles is, is threaded throughout this story. From the logical beings cancelling each other out to Baker's zingers and the <laughs> rock-paper-scissors game in the middle. It's cheesy at times, but I like it. Tom Baker is lovely here. And as first impressions go, I'm more fond of Lala Ward as Romana 2 than I was of her as Princess Astra. But as you very rightly pointed out at the start of this review, we don't get that much of Romana here. Anyway, I look forward to getting to know her better. I really miss the old Romana, but I look forward to getting this one, getting to know this one better. So, uh, so far, so good. Romana is dead. Long live Romana the Daleks are Daleks, at least for the most part, except when they're not, and instead when they are <laughs> what they used to be, which is not what we want them to be, namely self-destructing slapstick nonsense machines that can be defeated by a flick of a hat. I don't know about you, but personally, I want my Daleks to be defeated through a like a healthy application of genius and cunning and perhaps even destructive force towards maybe some point of Act 3, not in the preamble to Act 1 when James Bond stumbles into the vestibule and Chucks his hat across the room before proceeding to <laughs> giving money penny flashbacks to the one night they shared in Shanghai that one time. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Okay, Dave's being Dave, and I really wish that we'd have had more of him here. Davros is a really iconic character and what I'm wondering is, was he then, or would he simply, would he perhaps go on to become one, rather? From our point of view, he is this iconic nemesis, but at this point, we've only really met him once. We met him in Genesis. And that being said, although these are possibly then, therefore, just these first innocent baby steps of his, I really can't help but feel that he's being somewhat squandered. I also wanted more of the evil genius. I wanted more of his soliloquies. I wanted more of his just maniacal temperaments, and we don't get that. And has For me, it has nothing to do with the actor. Although, yeah, I I, I miss Wisher as well, but I think this new actor, whose name I haven't even bothered to learn, I feel like maybe he didn't have enough material to work with. What else? Stainless Steel baking racks? Check. Uh, silver hair and spandex on a race of robots that all seem to have a very healthy BMI? Check. The Mavellons, in fact, are much of what I enjoy about this serial. They've... Uh, What can I say? I mean, you've opened my eyes to them being portrayed very differently throughout different parts or acts of this serial, but I I still really enjoyed them... Collaborating with Doc in the beginning, then trying to take advantage of him, then straight up being spanked by him in the second best possible way you can imagine being spanked. (laughs) Overall, though, I kind of wanted more. I mean, this serial left me wanting more and rethinking my position. I don't really know if I'd rewatch this anytime soon, but I will say that anyone who hasn't seen the cinematic cut of this, people who have only seen the TV edit, please, please just try to see the cinematic cut because it is absolutely worth it. And And thank you again, Peter. Uh, for providing it 16.9 Dimensions can't fully save this though And I'm afraid Destiny of the Daleks Is destined to get a
0: 2.7 Ooh, Just above really? average for you mm,
1: yeah. <laughs> How would you feel about uh, Hearing what Podcastland has to say About the matter because I have a feeling That they're either going to be 0.5s Or 5.0s laughter <laughs>
0: Well, I feel super great about finding out anyway.
1: Cool. Let's do that. <laughs> listener minis. Now let's hear from podcast land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Welcome to the listener mini section of this podcast episodes. We have uh, a few of them. And first out of the gates, we have Phil Salter. Hello, Phil.
0: Hello, Phil. What gorgeous flavors will you be making of this episode? <laughs>
1: We're two hours in, or I don't know how long, and the vodka's hitting, so I apologize if I slow my words from now on.
0: (laughs) Just (laughs) starts. What's this? Well, it's a story about the pointlessness of a purely logical war. Actually quite a good idea, badly executed. The last Terry Nation script, and it goes out with a whimper rather than a bang. Mm. Then what follows are some random points.
1: Right, let's ping-pong these. First point, man oh man, do those Dalek props look tired after years of being battered and unloved at the BBC. (laughs) The same goes for the Davros mask, the original one dusted off after four years, molded to a different actor's face. Yep. Next
0: point, Terry Nation seems to have forgotten his creations aren't robots. It's infuriating to anyone who knows the first thing about Daleks, that they aren't robots.
1: The whole canine laryngitis thing is pretty poor. As a child, I wouldn't mind if the actor decided not to come back to voice him, but I love canine.
0: I find the whole Romana wasting regenerations on finding the right look really silly. Sorry if you like it.
1: I'm not sure she's wasting regenerations, by the way. I wonder if this is a case of... Because she's she's mid-regeneration when she does it and i wonder if it's a similar case to tenant's hand where it's like hey it still counts as the same regeneration i'm able to do like modify my body
0: i think that's the feel it's still still weird it? yeah it, it <laughs> absolutely
1: absolutely is yeah uh next point tom baker can't seem to say deja vu <laughs> properly i really i didn't yeah. really notice. Like <laughs> i'm sorry if i just did not either <laughs> deja vu
0: Next point. It's taken me so many stories to realize this, but in nearly every Dalek story, someone is guaranteed to say something like places crawling with Daleks.
1: <laughs> the disco robot Mavellans are simply amazing the way they pathetically fall over. Brilliant. <laughs> also brilliant <laughs> disco robot. <laughs> I like
0: it. Phil finishes with It was meant to be an exciting start to the season, but it ultimately doesn't deliver. 1.6 out of 5. Ouch. (laughs) Ouch.
1: Nice one, Phil. Love it. (laughs) Thank you very much. Okay, next up we have what I believe qualifies for one of these New New reviewer. reviewer. (laughs) Welcome to podcast land, Andy Parkinson.
0: Why, hello, Andy. Hello, hello, Andy. How you
1: doing? (laughs) (laughs) Glad to have you aboard. Andy starts, Hello, fellas. I'm a new listener since finding your show on iTunes. I'm currently frantically trying to catch up on the past episodes, loving the banter, and occasionally shouting at my phone when I disagree with your scores and reviews. (laughs) 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 Love it.
0: So, Andy, we love that you've submitted for the first time. We have a 250-word limit, though, for our mini reviews. And as the start of your review was a little bit synopsy, we've decided to trim it there. And we're going to jump a little bit further in and start with: The Mavellans are complete with full dreads and headphones that Beats would be envious of.
1: (laughs) The Doctor gets trapped under a falling pillar. Fun fact, the book that the Doctor is reading is written by none other than Ulon Kalufid, who will appear again in Hitchhikers. Yep, yep, yep. Nice one.
0: And the Doctor and Romana attempt to re-educate the Mavans using rock, paper,
1: scissors. Uh, In a scene that it turns out is way more divisive than anyone would have guessed. Andy then continues with, This is the twelfth time our hero has faced the hysterical Pepperpots, and I think it's possibly the worst one. (laughs) Of my many boofs are...
0: Romana can generate into several different forms, choosing them at will. Since when can Time Lords do this?
1: The pillar is supposedly so heavy that the Doc and Romana can't lift it, yet it moves every time the Doc breathes or Romana touches it. (laughs) Is this the pillar that's... Surrounding the Nova the dog, thing, I think. Yeah. Oh no, that's that that is what it is. You're right, exactly. And when he breathes, his chest expands and it just lives. It's exactly like those freaking boulders that he then like picks up single handedly and like chucks around the place. <laughs> I
0: have to say my bigger bigger beef was the fact that Romana walks all over it <laughs> to go and rescue him. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, way to crush his chest cavity, Romana. <laughs> anyway, The next... Beef. Whilst threatening Davros with the bomb, the Doctor moves away several times so any enterprising Dalek can clearly exterminate him at no danger to Davros.
1: Very good point. (laughs) And last... Beef. The Mavellans are supposed to be indestructible, yet can be knocked out easily by removing those power packs. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Big design flaw. Mm -mm. And and Andy sums this up with... Overall, this is a pretty weak story and feels like Terry Nation had run out of steam in terms of storytelling. I would score this story 1.2 out of 5.
1: (laughs) The only upside is that the next story is City of Death, he adds. One of the best stories ever. (laughs) I probably agree with that. Awesome, Minnie. Thank you so much for for sending this in. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. We're very happy to be traveling down this temporal road with you, Andy. Yeah. Uh, Jim, 1.2 now, 1.6 a moment ago. (laughs) Let's what the next one says. (laughs) Thank you very much, Andy.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Andy. Who we got next then, Leon?
1: Next up, we've got Paul Warren.
0: Hello, Paul.
1: Howdy, Paul. (laughs) Paul starts, Destiny of the Daleks is one of those stories which leaves many questions unanswered. Why does Romana get to choose a new body when the Doctor has to put up with whatever he's given? Come to think of it, why does Romana even need to regenerate at this point? Why do the Daleks come for Davros when any intelligent but illogical being could have reprogrammed their battle computers? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Very well summed up.
0: <laughs> Paul continues, moving on from questions, the new enemy in the form of the Mavellans are interesting. The revelation that they are robots surprised me the first time I watched this. I particularly like their spaceship, especially the way it burrows into the ground on landing. Their weakness does make them embarrassingly ineffective at close quarters, though. Something is wrong if a small group of prisoners suffering from exhaustion and presumably radiation sickness oh, can yeah. take over your spaceship. <laughs>
1: I love the way the Doctor taunts the Daleks about not being able to climb up after him. I'm in two minds about the return of Davros, though. While I find the character interesting, his presence tends to relegate the Daleks to being foot soldiers, instead of an intelligent race in their own right. And this continues for the rest of Classic Who. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh. Interesting.
0: And overall, concludes Paul, Destiny is not in the same league as Genesis, but is nevertheless an enjoyable Davros-slash-Dalek story. And he gives this... 3.5 out of 5.
1: All right.
0: Uh, Nice.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Paul. Throwing the ball
0: the other end, (laughs) splitting (laughs) the stack.
1: (laughs) Love it. Paul, thank you you very much. Uh, People who are not Paul, please say hi to Paul and tell him how much you agree. He can be found at P. Wearing. That is P. That's the right. Wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, who we got?
0: Why? It's Michael Ridgeway.
1: Ridgeway. 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 (laughs) Hello, Michael. Hello
0: there, Michael. Michael is giving us some likes to start with. The first like being, yes, we know it's Skaro all along, but the first chunk oozes with tension.
1: There's some dark stuff we haven't seen before. Daleks summarily executing slave workers, Daleks suicide bombers, and the Doctor merrily attempting to murder Davros, something the Doctor has refrained from doing since.
0: Mm. Next like, the Mavellans look fantastic, even if they are super dumb, and defeated by a dog whistle
1: (laughs) and last like r.i.p the doctor's hat it went out with a bang (laughs) yes it did
0: (laughs) of course though michael does have some beefs (laughs) top of the list is davros david goodison does his best but i wish original actor michael wisher had come back
1: oh well yeah next beef since when did the Daleks become robots? Over reliance on an AI battle computer I can buy, but the idea that the Daleks have become mere machines is naff. Yes, agreed, 157%. Indeed.
0: The Doctor's unnecessary violence against a defenseless, colored mutant. For shame!
1: And can Davros really be tried for crimes against the whole of sentient creation? He can't be held directly responsible for crimes committed by the Daleks. He created them, but responsibility entails command and control. Which he didn't have, because he's been dead! He can't even be blamed for slave labour on Skaro! He'd only just woken up! <laughs> There may be a case uh, to get him on war crimes committed during the Thal-Khaled War, but good luck making a case in the context of Thal war crimes. Case dismissed. (laughs) 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 Lawyered.
0: That's so brilliant. (laughs) And, in summary, Michael says, "This unloved Davros story has flaws, namely Davros, <laughs> but it's creepy, pacey, and does the job of resurrecting the big bad for a series of fantastic classic audio and new who stories to come. Kudos for that
1: and Michael gives this a rating of three out of five rubbish polystyrene rocks that Romana could clearly have moved by herself. <laughs> <laughs> very good lovely stuff love you, it, just a fantastic mini as always people of podcast land I need you to do two things please first off high five Michael online he can be found at bad Underscore. Movie. Underscore. Club. And secondly, head on over to the Who Back When blog, where undoubtedly we'll have have published (laughs) Michael's latest article, which is a priceless gem. It is a deleted scene from Destiny of the Daleks, which in fact dropped into our inbox while we were recording this episode tonight. So... (laughs) Thank you very much Michael. And Thank Hey you, Michael. Jim, did you notice something? There's not a single reference in this mini to the 7th Doctor. Wow. <laughs> Michael, you okay? <laughs> anyway, I think we have time for one more mini. Oh. Hey-yo. I see what you did there. <laughs> hey. This one I'm comes let's from going
0: to see what you did. <laughs> it's from Derek Moore.
1: <laughs> what up, Derek?
0: <laughs> hey there, Derek. Derek starts, you know, I thought Destiny of the Dark's was pretty good. At the highest level, like Genesis of the Daleks, but it was a sensible plot with a few good twists. Okay, so the costumes were straight out of Buck Rogers. <laughs> Uh, we didn't get your pictures, Derek, but we've looked up Buck Rogers, and I also looked it up in my brain. And yes, <laughs> I totally see it. Although, sidebar, Buck Rogers first aired during the period that this serial first aired. So it is not copying or homage. It's just two great minds thinking alike. It would yeah, say.
1: everyone's getting turned on by the exact same kind of fabric, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Anywho, Derek continues, and it was annoying to hear by Terry Nation, no less, that everyone kept saying Daleks were robots and not the weird crawly slimy creatures in a shell that they should be, but still was quite exciting.
1: Derek continues, well, except for Tom Baker mansplaining regeneration to Ramada and shaming her to transform into a female clone of him. Yikes! Having the Daleks appear only every few years seems about right. I give this... Four out of five. Ooh. Holy moly. Nice. Derek, Thank you very much, Derek. Derek Big Heart Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Excellent, Mini. Thank you very much for sending it in. Bing bong, future Leon here again. We have in fact received two more Lister minis. And I'm making another exception, I'm going to read them on the show. But for future reference, (laughs) I can't guarantee that I will always be able to do this. So head on over to whobackone.com and have a look at the the top of the homepage. As soon as we know when we're recording something, we put that date in there. So you can time your mini to proceed it. Uh, Okie dokie. So first of the future minis, we have Joe Ford, Doc O'Ho himself. Hello, Joe. Joe says, beneath all the camp trappings there is a sound science fiction story at work here, and clearly Douglas Adams has had a huge impact on Terry Nation's original script, for good or for ill. There is a disquieting first episode which is slow but dripping with atmosphere, and an exciting, visually impressive concluding episode that ends the story on a good note, but it's the humdrum middle episodes that really let this story down. Tom Baker seems almost subdued in the early stages in a story that refuses to give him all the usual pantomime shtick to play about with, but soon finds his comfort zone when the Doctor is reunited with Davros and he can spend some time winding him up. Destiny of the Daleks has a bottom-of-the-barrel reputation, but as usual, the truth is that it is nowhere near as bad as people make it out to be. At the same time, it isn't the Dalek Spectacular that should have opened the season, and could have done with double the budget thrown at it, and the script given another once-over to iron out any conflicts in tone that keep cropping up. Completely unrepresentative of the Williams era, says Joe. Destiny trades wit and imagination for flashy visuals and set pieces, and it also has one of the best DVD covers too. (laughs) Flawed but fun, all told 2.9 Ooh nice excellent mini love it <laughs> very very good uh, i i don't know if i agree with you about tom but uh, tom baker sorry he, he's tom to me okay <laughs> but yeah uh, loving it fantastic mini please podcast land say hello to doc oho that's at doc oho on twitter and check out doc oho reviews thanks joe next up last up You know what? We couldn't possibly have dropped this episode without a mini from this chap. That's right, I'm talking about Peter Zunich. Peter Z. Hello. Peter, thank you again for furnishing us with the cinematic cut. Peter says, In an alternate universe, the writers of Doctor Who take the show very seriously. Perhaps this story fell through a wormhole from there. <laughs> the somber tone is set from the very first location scene, and it's so refreshing, it's just brilliant. The design and the directing, the Mavellans, their ship, the camera work, the art design, the mood, the set design, all taken seriously. There's incredible attention to detail, from the webs around Davros to the crumbling city. Things just look right. They have a weight to them, all except the 800-pound rock Tom takes off the TARDIS at the end. (laughs) It's as close to hard sci-fi as Doctor Who gets. The plot is simple, the pacing slow and steady. It's just a simple race-to-the-prize script. Every character, with the exception of the less-than-enthusiastic day players, is just outstanding. Lala Ward especially, one of my favourite companions, is given moments to act her heart out. For lore, there are many new elements, with equally as many references back to Genesis. See, New Who? It doesn't have to be an in-your-face tribute to fandom every time. Yeah, (laughs) nice, (laughs) (laughs) touche. And Peter concludes, if you're in the mood, it's a great tale. Yet if you're not in the right frame of mind, rewatches can drag. You enjoy having it on in the background, but won't remember watching it later. This and the lack of build keeps it from realising excellence. It's like someone removed the battery pack. (laughs) That's really tickled me. Still, says Peter, (laughs) 3.1. Love it. Fantastic mini. (laughs) I love your enthusiasm. I love your love for <laughs> for this serial. And I definitely take the sort of darker, grittier Doctor Who uh, that you're uh, pointing out here. Very, very true. Uh, well, at least for the cinematic card, at least with that incredibly dark intro. So yeah, totes my loads. Thank you very much for sending that in. Awesome as always. I think we need to return to the episode proper now. So yeah, here we go. Toodle pip. Bing bong. Thank you, everyone, who sent in a mini for this. Love hearing from you guys.
0: Awesome stuff, as always. Thank you all.
1: So, that neatly encapsulates our destiny of the Dalek soiree, Jim. But what have we got coming up next?
0: Ooh, I would say next we'll probably have some kind of new who review Ooh. in the shape of last, last Christmas.
1: Yes, I'm curious about what we're going to do with that one because we've already technically reviewed it in a bonus episode, but sure. yeah we're, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it and please in case you think that we're not going to do so, that we're just going to re-drop our old episode, don't worry about it we, we might do that as well, but please send us a, a mini for this and um, we'll discuss it, it'll be good. After that we're back in classic country with City of Death, which it, I we must have read referenced on who back when a bajillion times it's the mona lisa one. Oh right yeah it's gonna be great <laughs>
0: everyone seems to be looking forward to it so i'm looking forward to it <laughs>
1: uh-huh, it's a classic it's a classic in the audio pile we will be doing an earthly child at some point we'll see when and in the bonus category well we are coming up to our seven year anniversary <laughs> wow yeah so there'll be some anniversary bloops most like but you can say hello to us in the meantime as well jim you're available on some form of social medium i believe
0: that's correct you can find me on twitter
1: at jimmy the who jimmy the who who you say i say yeah okay, cool <laughs> that's correct Who. <laughs> And I'm still at Ponkin, but you know what? Things change. Who knows? Before rounding this off, as we are still mid-coronavirus pandemic, uh, I I feel like we really have to say this. Please, everyone, stay safe. Stay indoors as much as you can and be responsible. Yada, yada, yada. Social distancing and so on. But most of all, be rad and excellent to each other. Thank you so much for being a lovely audience. Rock on and cha-chao.
0: You've been awesome. Go watch the Bill & Ted 3 trailer like 50 gazillion times.